three former St. Mike's College School students, three teens who pled guilty to sexual assault charges back in November, sentenced in a downtown Toronto courtroom earlier today, each of them sentenced to a two years probation. Here's a Global News' is Jamie Marocker. She was in the courthouse when the sentence came down earlier today. She spoke with my colleague Alan Carter last hour here on 640 Toronto. And she says the way the sentence was handed down was quite peculiar. So the actual sentence was actually read out in the most bizarre way that I have ever seen in court. Essentially, Justice Brian Wiegand, uh, he sat at the front, very, very quickly muttered two years probation for all three and then walked out. And everybody was like, what just happened? And then all of a sudden, the families burst into tears. They were hugging the uh, the, the three boys, and, and they were rejoicing in the fact that there was no jail time needed in this case. But um, it was a very strange way to make the announcement. No decision was read out in this case. Um, and a portion of that, we're told, is because the justice didn't want to be misquoted. Um, another portion of it is he has a, a flight catch. It was just... What? It's been, it, Alan, it has been the most bizarre morning in court. All right, let's get to Joseph Newberger, 640 Toronto legal analyst. He joins us now here. And uh, Joe, what do you make of what you just heard there, the way that sentence was uh, given this morning? Yeah, it definitely sounds unusual. I mean, I know the judge, who's very experienced and has sat in youth court for a very long time, uh, you know, in certain instances, a judge will just render the actual decision and then have written reasons to follow so that it is precise in language and everybody will have a more fuller understanding. Um, I think what the bigger issue is that knowing the profile of this case and the severity of the implication for the victim, it wouldn't be it would have been much more prudent to have some sort of a summary of the actual decision to be read out in court so there is some greater understanding. Um, and it's very much on the light side. Uh, what, what we're not aware of is what materials were filed on behalf of the uh, defendants, the, these young men, because they may have done a number of things uh, towards rehabilitation and therapy, et cetera, and there could be a number of factors that the judge took into consideration to render his decision. But Would one of those factors, Joe, be the fact that the three of them did uh, plead guilty? Is that a mitigating factor? Would that have uh, would that factor into the judge's sentencing at all? A- absolutely. So anytime somebody resolves and spares uh, witnesses and victims from coming forward to testify, uh, that's a mitigating factor which is taken into consideration. Now, this was videotaped, so and that went viral, so it didn't seem to me that there was much of a defense in this case in any event, so it's sort of a fait accompli when they have to resolve. But there's other factors, like, you know, an accused could go take a specific therapy directed at this inappropriate behavior and uh, and then and, and provide a full forensic report as to what's gone on and, and taken other, you know, sort of restorative steps that would mitigate the sentence. We don't know what was filed because these are youths, and some of that will be referred to, I assume, and what will be a detailed uh, judgment, uh, hopefully, to be rendered soon so everybody can read it and understand it. Yeah. What is the onus when it comes to a detailed uh, judgment here uh, on the judge, uh, him or herself? I mean, this sentence, as you uh, referenced, has left some people bewildered, uh, Joe. And uh, does the judge have some sort of responsibility for explaining their decision to the public? Absolutely. And and the judge will. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely sure Justice Wiegand will provide a detailed judgment. Um and, and judges have to provide uh, very cogent reasons for decisions, whether it's a verdict uh, or it's a sentencing. 
there has to be uh, written reasons that will provide the basis and the foundation for the decision because everybody has to read it and understand it. The Crown may want to appeal, and then uh, a higher court in an appellate uh, position will have to review it. So detailed uh, reasons must be provided. Okay, is there some sort of code of conduct? Because as we just heard, uh, Jamie Morocker details as, as she was in that courtroom, Joseph, uh, earlier today, it seems as if the judge just basically muttered out the sentence and walked out of the room. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what's uh, what's behind that. Um, I, I do know this judge to be uh, a very good judge who's been on the bench for a long time. So, it, it, you know, sometimes judges are human beings, too. So I'm, I'm just saying this hypothetically. I'm not sure. But this could be very difficult uh, for the judge. And, uh, you know, he may have arrived at a decision that he thinks is appropriate in the circumstances, but understands that the optics are very challenging and that may be weighing on him. Um, or there could be other factors. We don't know. Uh, but so long as his honor provides detailed reasons, um, then that will be sufficient to, uh, uh, you know, substantiate what he's done. And then everybody can take a look at it. Certainly the Crown can and, and determine if they want to appeal, because this is very much on the lenient side of the sort of range for this type of offense. All right. And just finally, if it is very much on the lenient side, uh, you know, part of a sentence, of course, is to punish, but it's also meant to dissuade others from similar behavior. Should that or is that part of a judge's decision making when they hand down or come up with a sentence? Absolutely. So there's a number of factors, uh, one of which would be what you're talking about, which is general deterrence. It has to be a proportionate sentence in order to send a signal to other would-be offenders that this conduct is inappropriate and it's denounced by the court. And so two years probation, the Crown will obviously uh, be of the opinion that that is insufficient to send a message to other individuals. Um, And there's also specific deterrence, so to deter these young men from doing something like that again. But the judge also has to take into consideration rehabilitation and other steps. And there's a whole uh, slew of factors that come into sentencing under the Youth Criminal Justice Act. And I'm sure we'll hear or read all that once the decision is uh, sent out. All right. 640 legal expert Joseph Newberger. Joe, I know it's a busy day for you. I appreciate you making some time for us on this. My pleasure, Jeff. Take care. You as well.